Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us again for another episode on your Job Seekers Summit to help the job seekers who are trying to navigate this challenging world of getting a job today and making sure it's the right fit. So joining me today, I have a guest. His name is Phil Rosinski, and uh, I think I did that correctly. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Excellent. <laughs> Phil has uh, you know, got some great, unique perspectives, and one of the things that I think is really interesting is he at one point in time ran the largest independent toy store in America, and that's important for job seekers to understand that it's not just about where's my, what's my perspective as a job seeker, what am I trying to accomplish, but really to also hear from people who have managed and led large teams and been responsible for staffing um, in a number of businesses. So we're going to definitely talk about that as well as a few different things from his book. So first of all, Phil, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm very glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing these days, because I know you are speaking. I know you've got several different books, but talk a little bit about what what's Phil's uh, world look like today. Well, I, uh, for many years, ran the largest independent toy store in the country. It's called Toy House and Baby 2. And uh, we had a, a very unique honor in 2009. We were listed in the book Retail Superstars as one of the 25 best independent stores in America. Now, as fascinating as that was, that also raised the bar for what we had to do as a store, the customer service that we offered, uh, the type of staff that we had. Now, unfortunately for me, I was located in Jackson, Michigan, and unfortunately over the, the the recession, it just didn't go so well for the city of Jackson. We watched our market shrink dramatically, and so we did close the store in 2016, but that's given me the opportunity to take all the stuff I learned in a high-level retail position and now teach other businesses, especially retailers, how to do their job. So I go out and I talk to different groups about hiring and training. I talk to different groups about marketing and advertising and really try to help them figure out the best ways, the best practices, stuff that I learned on the job, stuff that I learned from the trainings I've gone to from being in workshops just like this one here. I've sat on the other side of where the audience is today and learned so much. And now it's my turn to share. 
I love that, Phil. And actually, I know Jackson very well. I spent uh, a number of visits there um, in one of my previous work lives. And you're right, that is a, that's a community that has been affected kind of in a you know more massive scale thinking about the percentage of people that live there but i think it's a great representation about what's going on especially in retail all across the u.s that every business is facing this challenge and, and but those in retail are facing it even at a greater magnitude yeah it's a it's, it's a hard world for everybody whether you're uh, trying to find a job whether you uh, run trying to run a company and that's why this is a great opportunity that you're offering for the people watching this is there are ways to stand out. There are ways to be known. And we found our niche as a store how to be known. And that's kind of the same thing that I want to pass along to the viewers today is, is how do you get to be known? How do you stand out in the crowd as a retailer, as an individual, as a, a potential hiree? How do you stand out? And I think that's great. And, and that's why, you know, we picked this topic of, you know, how to be remembered the right way, which is really important because if you get to the point, you know, hopefully you get to the point where your resume is passed through somewhere. But let's say you're just even at the interview stage that there's ways to be remembered the right way. There are a few ways to be remembered the wrong way. I've um, interviewed a lot of those. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of what you speak about and what your perspective is, how can we be remembered the right way in this process and really help us stand out when we know that, you know, for a job, there is a huge demand for any position. And in order to get a good shot at it, besides the resume looking good, we have to stand out. So, you know, what are some of your tips on that? Well, I used to hire about 10 to 12, maybe 14 different seasonal people every year for our store. And I had a very short window. I had to hire them train them, get them up to speed right in time for Christmas. And being the store that we were, we had a very high bar of what we expected. So I was interviewing 30, 40, 50 people in a week. Imagine that, you know, 8, 10, 12 interviews in a single day, trying to find those, those people that would be the right fit for our store. And one of the things that I realized was when you get done at the end of the interview, and I'm writing down my notes frantically before the next interview comes to say, okay, this is what that person was. I can barely remember one thing. Mm. That's it. There's, there's always that one characteristic that I write down. It's the first thing that comes to mind. And as an interviewee, you have to understand the person across from you is talking to several people. So what is that one thing you want them to remember? Because they're going to talk to you about five or six things, but there's, they're only going to really have one that stands out. And it's critical that the one thing that they remember is the most important thing that's about you so that when they write it down, they go, oh, yeah, that person, she was fabulous because of this one thing. So I always talk about when I'm working with my businesses and teaching them how to hire, you got to find the one thing that makes this person stand out. There's going to be the one thing you remember is to trust your instincts, whatever that one thing that just goes, that's it. Trust that instinct. So let's flip that around. Now you're on the other side and now you're, you're the person being interviewed. What is the one thing you want them to remember? 
It's a really important point, uh, and I, I think it's really, it's excellent that you bring this up because I talk to people about sound bites. You know, make sure you know what sound bites you want to leave, and I think it's a very similar concept. And often as I, yeah, I just have some people that I'll do like mock interviews with now. I'm not hiring on a large scale anymore, but I will walk them through an interview pretend I'm interviewing. And so many times people will just go on and on and on and on and say things. This one always kills me. I'm a people person. And I'm like, if you're not, you shouldn't have been here anyway. <laughs> but you, is that really what you think is going to make you stand out? Or I'm a really hard worker or, you know, my biggest fault is perfection. And those are, those are, they really don't tell you who you are. It makes you really sound like you're more of the crowd and, you know, I think your point is, is spot on to say, what do you want people to know about you? What, you? what do you want them to remember? And understand that especially when you're interviewing that many people, and even maybe not as many as you were during, you know, those hiring seasons, but if you've just done three even phone interviews back to back, you're right, as the hiring manager, we forget. Yeah, those notes were critical for me. And, and I'll be honest, when I first started the hiring I was lousy and you're going to run into a lot of lousy interviewers. They just don't know what they're doing. I didn't know. And I'm asking no idea what the answers really even mean. One of my least favorite questions is where do you see yourself in five years? I, I found when I asked that question, the answers I had had zero value, none whatsoever. So I started asking different questions and that kind of leads into my, how do we make that one point? The questions that I liked were, Tell me something you did. I always ask the questions and I always talk to my uh, businesses about this is the kind of question you want to ask in an interview is rather than what do you think, what have you done? Absolutely. Because what you've done tells me more about your character and more about what you will do for me than anything you can tell me otherwise. So I always start questions with tell me about a time when. And I might say, tell me about a time when you went above and beyond. The requirements for your job and I actually asked that and the person said to me well one time I stayed two extra minutes late because Jimmy was late getting back from lunch <laughs> wow. another time I was talking to a person and she had been in a situation where her boss had not bought the cleaning supplies but the housekeepers needed to clean the rooms for a hotel Oh my. And the guest came down to the front desk to complain to her about their room not being clean. She calls housekeeping. They said, we don't have any supplies. So she had her lunch break. On her lunch break, she went across the street to Target, bought a bunch of cleaning supplies, went back, gave the housekeeping and said, go get the room done. That's fantastic. That's and that tells you. Both those examples tell you something. Yeah, that told me all I needed to know about that person and what they were willing to do to take care of a customer. So that brings up the idea of, okay, I figured out what's the one thing I want you to know about me. How am I going to get that point across? And the best way to do it, stories. Mm -hmm. Tell that story. Tell about that time when you did something that was really quite impressive. And we all have those, but you need to start thinking about those before you get to the interview and know what your story is. One of the things that's kind of cool is we remember stories. When that gal told me that story about going to Target, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that story, ever. We had a 20-minute interview, and that one story stood out so strong. 
that that was the only thing I really remembered for my entire day other than what I had written down in notes. But that one, I didn't have to write it down. I'll always remember that story. So stories are really powerful. We use stories in marketing. We use stories in advertising. But you should use stories when you're trying to do the job because that's what people will remember. And, you know, and they really need to be specific. So I operated the same way, and I was laughing when you said when you started out you know, interviewing as a young, younger manager, you sucked at it. That's, I mean, I, I know I felt the same way, you know, 25 years ago, but um, I always ask people for specifics. Give me a specific example of when you did whatever, because I've, I've found that oftentimes people say, oh, well, in that case, I would do this and I would do this. And I'd say, no, I don't want to know hypothetically what you would do in the perfect sense. I want to know what you have done. And a lot of times I'd say, you know, give me an example of, you know, something when you had to meet a deadline and you had to do something creative and uh, you, you stepped out of the box and I don't care if it was successful or not. And oftentimes I, I was always watching for people who would say, okay, well, this is how I saw the problem. This is how I tackled it. This is what came out of it. And you know what? The end result still wasn't good, but this is then what I learned from it because I always enjoyed hearing pe how people attack problems. And if sometimes if you only hear the great stories and the great endings that look, make me look like a superhero, I kind of want to know, you know, what are those times when you fell down and did you get yourself back up again? Because as you and I know, in business, it's not like roses and unicorns and rainbows every day. No, we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. That's always been the case. And I've always had that, that slogan, you know, there are no mistakes in life only lessons learned. And so I love to hear those stories as well. I'll ask that question. Tell me about a time where you had a conflict with another employee. How did it get resolved? Absolutely. And that, that's a powerful story that you can tell about, well, we had the situation. The other thing that, that you can do is when you're interviewing for a company, what always stood out for me is the people that knew my store. I'd have people that come in and they made assumptions about our store but when you knew our slogan was we're here to make you smile and so when people would come in and they say let me tell you a smile story ah, that was just gold <laughs> they, they've done their research when they've done their research then i know that i've got somebody that's willing to do what it takes to get the job but willing to do what it takes to do the job when they get there so get to know your company when you're interviewing you know, if, you, if the company say, if it's Nike, tell a story about perseverance, about a time you had to just do it. Or when you took initiative, that's another form of just do it. Incorporate, don't, don't say the words just do it, that gets a little corny there, but just talk about those things that are the core values from that company. We found that we were better off when we hired character traits than when we hired skills. That was one of the things that in my, my growth as a, interviewer and as a hiring agent, what I learned was when I start hiring for experience, people could have years of experience in retail and still not be very good at it. But when I start hiring for character traits, for skills like compassion, friendliness, problem solving, helpful, people that were willing to go over the top to do whatever needed to be done to get the job done, that perseverance, when you identify those things, those are the people that ended up being on my team the longest. I can teach them the other stuff. And so 
with that, the advice that I would give is don't be so worried about your skills. A good hire, a good employer will be looking at your traits, at the character, knowing full well that most everybody has the skills they wouldn't be applying for the job, and they'll teach you the stuff that you absolutely need to know. There That's are certain right. jobs. Yeah, de dental hygienist, yes, you have to have certain <laughs> knowledge, but That's true. You know, jobs, you need to have certain character, and the traits and skills themselves will, can be taught. That's really good. I think that's important. I often uh, was very comfortable hiring people from without outside the industry of where I was and spent the last 10 years of my career. And a lot of that was because I knew they had the basic knowledge of how to lead people, how to manage, how to hit sales targets. But I was looking for, to your point, different character traits, meaning they thought differently. They had passion. They had enough guts to you know go apply for something outside their industry. And I love that Kind of sense of passion because in order to achieve big results in changing uh, industries and, and businesses, you have to have that sense of kind of adventure. Exactly. If you're not really pushing yourself, that's a, that's one thing that an interviewer will notice. They'll see that you're in your comfort zone. If you're staying in your comfort zone, we do look for people that are pushing themselves. One of the biggest things that really attracted me was people that wanted to learn more. If you wanted to learn more than that, man, I could teach you. And I could teach you the skills that you needed to be the kind of person that we needed on our team. I also uh, always say that, you know, my goal was always to have the right person in the right position doing the right things. But the number one factor that you can't, you, you know, that's the non-negotiable is the right person. Because if I have the right person, but I have them in the wrong position or doing the wrong things, then that's my fault as a leader. And I need to make that change for them. But if I have you know, the wrong person, it doesn't matter what position I have or what I have them doing. It's not gonna be you know, comfortable for them. It's not gonna be the right fit. We're not gonna be successful. So you're right, hiring for the, the, the right person the right way. And to be the job seeker and think of, where do I want to be? And I think that's important for people also to understand that, yes, we all need to have jobs. We all need to pay the, pay, the, the bills. You know, we need to keep a roof over our head, all those things. But to really be successful in any position, you also need to know you're going to a place that matches who you are and what your goals are so that you have a great match, not just a paycheck. Exactly. My grandfather was my biggest mentor. and He taught me one thing very early on about jobs. And he said, Phil, your first job is about one thing, one thing only. So that first job is about the second job. <laughs> so you, put, you get two things from it. You want to get a good reference and good experience. Because those are the most important things. So everything you do on that first job is about those two things. You want to be the model employee that everybody loves having but you also want to learn as much as you possibly can because no one ever really stays at their first job. It's the second job that becomes the long lasting career. And it was a fascinating thing for me because I was hiring retailers. I was hiring people to be salespeople on a retail floor. We're, we're pretty low down on the list as far as the hiring hierarchy goes. Uh, this wasn't a real career type job. So we understood that. So I took that as a challenge for me my job was to equip my employees with the skills for that next job so that they could take what they learned from me. So we looked for people that we could teach. 
and we looked for people that wanted to learn. We looked for people that had the core values that were important to our business and then expanded upon those so that when you left and you, if you worked for me and you left, you would have the skills to do anything you wanted to do. The coolest thing for me happened in uh, 2016 when we did close our store. We announced that we were closing the store on the Monday before Thanksgiving of 2016. I had a phone call an hour later and the guy said, is it too soon, Phil, to start talking to your staff? He wanted to hire somebody from my team to be the manager of a uh, pool supply company. And it was a testament to what people thought of my team mm-hmm. that I started phone calls for my team the day we announced that we were closing. People are like, all right, I want the best of the best. Every single member of my team had a job before we closed the store. That's wonderful. And that, that just, that warmed my heart. That was to me the, the, the coolest thing that meant I'd done a lot of things right even all with all the mistakes that I made through the years. Yeah. At least by that point, I have to get the right people. I, I feel the exact same way. And I, I can't remember if I've told this story in all these tapings or something else, uh, but I remember I had a manager who was very upset. This was five or six years ago and called me because their top salesperson was leaving. And so, you know, I, I said, okay, tell me more. Let's take a couple deep breaths. Let's, you know, where are they going? What's going on? And, and they were going out to, um, to open their own business. And this, you know, my manager was irate and I can't believe it. And what's going to happen to my numbers and blah, blah, blah. And finally I said, um, so is this about you or is it about them? And he kind of stopped and he said, well, you know, I, I don't, this, I, he's my top salesperson. What am I going to do? And I said, is it about you or is it about them? And so after about three times of that, he said, well, it's about me. And I said, okay, I get it. Now let's talk about where this person's going, what that's going to mean for them to open their own business, what kind of skills we gave them to do that. And let's make sure that if that's the path they're going, let's not burn any bridges on our end because you never know what's going to happen. But here's the thing, even if they go up and open up shop and are competing with us, I want them to know us and still love us and be happy that we got them there. And, you know, it took him a little time to kind of absorb this, but eventually that person did very, very well. And you know what, when they couldn't help a, a, um, a client, they send them back to us. And, you know, to me, that was a tribute that, you know, we really made that work, but we made a difference in that person's life and how they did their business and protected their business because it said a lot about us too. Exactly. And that, that's what we're trying to do is, is as an employer, my job is to create a team, but my job also is to prepare you for everything that might come in your life. And whether that's moving on, we, we lost a lot of people. But we expected that because we knew where we were in the hierarchy of hiring. So when you got a new job, we applauded you. Mm-hmm. We were the first ones to here for you. Now, I knew I'd have to go out and find somebody else. That's what I do. That's part of my job. So I did my job. And if I did it well, you went on to bigger and greater things. So when you are interviewing for a job, keep that in mind, too. You're not just telling people who you are. You want to find out who we are. That's why I go back to those core values. Do the people at Nike actually believe in just do it? If they do, then you know what you're getting into. So know your company. When you know that our company is about, we're here to make you smile, that's the expectation. 
when you know what you're getting into, then you know whether it's a good fit for you too. And you can speak to that in the interview, but you can also ask those questions to find out. You want to find out for me, am I the right fit for you as well? I love it. And I know that we're, we're actually kind of running out of time, but I want to hit a couple of highlights. I know you've written a book called Hiring and the Potter's Wheel, and you have it, I see it behind you, which looks lovely. Um, and I know it's directed more at hiring companies, but I think that there's a real value for somebody in a job search to also read what's going on in the industry for hiring managers and how to train them. So can you give us a quick overview of, of your book? I sure can. Like I said, when I started the hiring, I was lousy at it. So being a competitive person that I am, I started reading every book out there and they all said hire for experience. And I did that and I was still lousy because <laughs> I was getting the same results. And what's the definition of insanity? Ask, you know, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. I needed a different way. And I actually learned it reading a book to my boys. I have two sons and I was reading a book to them and the character in the book was trying to find out who he was apprenticing with different people. And he apprenticed with a blacksmith and he forged a sword, but he wasn't a blacksmith. And he apprenticed with a weaver and he wove his own cloak, but he wasn't a weaver. And then he met a potter. And the potter said, yes, I'll teach you the, the craft. And, you know, we'll start in the morning. Well, the next morning he goes in, the potter's not in, at his wheel shaping the clay. He's down at the river digging the clay. He said at the wheel, the work's half done. You have to have the right raw ingredients. And that was the aha moment. That was the, the light bulb went off for me. You have to have the right raw ingredients. Well, I took it a step further. I said, all right, what is the process to take raw ingredient in clay and turn it into pottery? And think about it. The end result of pottery is what? It's something that's beautiful. It's useful. It's long lasting. It's a work of art. Mm -hmm. How would you like your stuff to be called beautiful, useful, long-lasting, and a work of art? We yeah, all yeah. love that. So this book takes you on a journey through the, the nine basic steps from raw ingredient to finished product that the potter takes. And it shows you the parallel as a business owner for you to find those people and how to mold and shape them so they're useful, beautiful, strong, and long-lasting. So it's called Hiring in the Potter's Wheel, and it is a business parable. So if you are a person that likes those kinds of stories, it takes you on a journey through the whole lesson, the whole process. I've had Fortune 500 companies, HR managers that have called me up telling me how just looking at that process differently has transformed the way they do their hiring across the board. I've had several orders from companies where they bought a couple hundred of these books to pass them out to all the different uh, branches in their organization to say, this is a, a much smarter way to look at the hiring process as a whole picture, not just an interview, not just a question or two or how to ask. So I don't deal with the, in the book, I don't really deal with the nitty gritty, the details. I do that on my blog, but in the book, it gives you the, the, the overall picture of how you really should be looking at structuring and creating a hiring and training process. I love it. And I love the parable format. That's how I've written my books as well. It makes it a little easier. I always tell people they're, uh, you know, kind of junk food for the mind, but it's, it's good junk food. <laughs> well, as I designed, as I said, I want it to be a book you can read in about three trips to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> See, I call mine airplane books. You can read them on an airplane ride. <laughs> well, as we get close to the end, Phil, I like to ask everybody a couple 
questions that are, are very similar. And the first one is, you know, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time and talk to the younger Phil at any point in time in his career, and the words that you would tell him would have shocked your own potential farther or faster or kept you exactly on the same path, at what point in time would you go back to that Phil and what would you tell him? That's a good question. And I think the best answer for me is I want to go back to before 2005, because 2005 was the year that I understood the concept of core values and knowing who you were and what, how that drove you. My core values are having fun, helping others, education, and nostalgia. You see that back here too. That's what drives me in everything that I do, and it's driven every business that I've ever had. It just for many years did it subconsciously. I'd like to go back about uh, 25 years and do that consciously, not subconsciously. Mm. So if I can go back to, I started entering the workforce uh, back in the early 90s and take a look at that time and say, boy, if I had known then this concept, how would that have changed all the different businesses that I've been involved with, all the different jobs that I've had, and how would that have changed the way I approached everything I did? I love it. I think that's really key. It's interesting that you talk about that. I do the strength finders probably every three or four years. And I have kept every one of mine just to see what's evolved and what's changed because I don't think I consciously said, okay, I want to be more of this than the others, but I have a couple themes that have always been the same. And I have a couple that have really changed and developed and it's fun to see kind of the evolution of myself. And I love how you have that in your back wall. I think that's a, it's a great uh, tribute as well as a great reminder. Well, when I, when I came up with this, when I learned this concept of core values, I, I built this immediately so that I would always have it as a reminder. And it made at the toy house the decision making very easy because these were also the core values of the store. And that's one of the things that you will find is whoever is the owner manager of a, of a business, the business will take on the same values as that owner or manager. And so now an employee would come up to me and say, Phil, I have an idea. And I'll say, well, does it match our core values? Yes, run with it. And off they would go. And we would just have had an easy, simple blueprint for all decisions that we make. I love it. So the, uh, before we get into all your contact information, what are your, uh, well, let me ask you that first, because we'll have it all on our, on our website and all the show notes for this. But, you know, what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you, to learn about you more, and to be able to find your books? The easiest way is to go to my website, philsforum.com. P-H-I-L-S-F-O-R-U-M, philsforum.com. Keep it nice and easy. Right, right there, philsforum. <laughs> Keep it nice and easy. All my contact information is there. My books are there. My blog is there. Also, there's a section there worth checking out. It's called free resources. If you are a business owner or if you're an entrepreneur, you want to get into business for yourself, go to the free resources section. You can download several different PDFs on hiring, on selling. Uh, if you are getting into a sales position, I would highly recommend. I just posted five new ebooks all about selling, giving you different concepts of the selling process. Read those, go, go into a job interview with that knowledge. You're going to find yourself in a whole lot better position. 
You know, as you say that too, it reminds me, you know, one of um, a question that somebody asked me long ago that I would remember just from time to time is they'd say, you know, what are some of the current uh, books that you've read? Or what are some articles that you've read recently in this industry that um, have sparked your attention? And it's, it's interesting to me that I didn't always remember to ask that question as an interviewer. But occasionally people would say to me in an interview, well, you know, one of the reasons that I'm thinking about that is because I read this book and here's the concept and why it's important to me. And that told me a lot about an individual. You know, are they reading? Are they trying to be current? Are they trying to have new ideas? Are they being open? And can they quote them? And that to me was something that always stood out as, as you know, that that's one of my core values, you know, as a constant uh, sense of education. And as you move through that, that really told me whether or not, you know, you were the same kind of, uh, you operated your, your business and your professional life in the same way. Exactly. The more that you are out there learning, the more attractive you are going to be to any employer anywhere. Anywhere. That's, that's never been a, a downside to an employer that's hiring when they find someone that's willing to do the work to learn on their own. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up here, I always ask everybody, what are your last pearls, words of wisdom, the things that you want to make sure that our viewers take away from the segment with you today? Well, remember, it's about the one thing that they're going to remember. And if you can give me as an employer one thing about yourself that just stands out above the crowd that's going to, that I'm going to write down, this will be the first thing that I'm going to write down when I say, I talked to this person, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what is that? OMG, I need to write this down about that person. Go into your interview with that in mind and don't leave that interview until that point's made. That way you will stand out. Whether you'll fit or not will be up to the employer and sometimes you won't fit and that's okay. That's all right. If you don't fit, look at that as a, as a learning opportunity and look at it as a blessing. It might not have been the right job in the first place and that employer knew that because of their experience. But if you make sure that they know the one thing you want them to know, then they can make the best decision. And that's when you're going to find you're going to get the job that really does fit you the best. That is fantastic. And just one last thought on that. As you said that, there were many times where I had a person that was not the right fit for me in the position I had, but they stood out in my mind. And I ended up referring them either to another department, another company, another person I knew because they did stand out. And I didn't want somebody to lose out on, on who and what they were, even if it didn't fit my company and position right at that time. I've actually had people that have gone on to great success because I sent them in the, in the direction that said, you're not the right fit for me, but you need to talk to this person over here. He needs you now. I love it. Thank you so much, Phil. You've had great pieces of insight Thanks. here. And uh, we will have all your contact information. I think that it would be really beneficial for all our viewers to be able to take a look at your books and definitely your resources. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.